0: and can help you with some of these aspects of your life you only live once so why not live a life worth living on the show today we have jr bettman of the sourcing district the sourcing district represents a dozen suppliers of fabrics and garment construction necessities they represent the industry's premier suppliers serving independent designers Event planners, uniform manufacturers, fabric retailers, dancewear, customers, and more—all their suppliers offer quality, continuity, and real wholesale pricing. They represent some of the most experienced suppliers in the industry. In fact, all of the companies that they represent have a long track record of success and service to the independent design community. Looking for the, your the finest supplies? Look for the sourcing district. Retail fabric stores love them. Come check out this awesome conversation with. J. R. Bettman of the Sourcing District. Okay. So today we're sitting down with J. R. Bettman of the Sourcing District. How are you today?
1: I'm doing well.
0: Awesome. So tell us what you do in one to two sentences.
1: I am a sales agent for about a dozen uh, uh, textile and garment construction necessity suppliers. and uh, I've been uh, doing this for quite a number of years, um, about fifteen years in this. But I, I, I go back better than a half a century in the business. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, you're kind um, of a, a key player here in but Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so well, how did you start in, the? Um... In terms
1: of selling fabric, in, in terms of selling fabric, you know, a lot of independent designers. Right. Uh, work with me some don't but you know a lot do and um they're they're great customers
0: and so how did you end up starting the sourcing district you said you've been in this for about 15 years doing this specifically and you're kind of doing a bunch of other things in the industry what kind of triggered you to start the sourcing district yourself
1: kind of a crazy story yeah um a guy that i knew in new york i was working for a jacket company as like a sales manager and Mm -hmm. uh a Guy in New York who, who I knew uh, called me up and said he was having trouble reaching out to a um, a company in Chicago. At, you know, at that time, this is the, maybe more like 17 or 18 years okay. ago. And at that time, uh, you know, there was an Henry Lee was in business, Karen was in business. Um, there, there were a couple of other. Regular dress companies. None mm. of those people are. This not that's not what's going on now. Right. Um, but then Henry Lee was a really nice company. Wanted me to call, and I knew somebody there, and I called, and uh, told them I could sell them zippers. That was my, what my friend did. Mm-hmm. And uh, about twenty five minutes later, I had an order, <laughs> and uh, I thought that was really great. I helped this guy, and you know, so he got the order. And a couple weeks later, a check showed up. Yeah. <laughs> from the. From the zipper guy, and I went. Wait a second. <laughs> Maybe I should pay attention to this. <laughs> so, um, so over the next few years, I developed just a handful of zipper customers and button customers, mostly zipper customers. Mm-hmm. And I did that, um, you know, for two or three years, strictly on the side. And um, and then I started, uh, you know, I got a little momentum right. a little bit. And I picked up a couple of fabric lines, a one knit line and a woven line. And that, you know, just started little by little. Um, I started doing it without any other employment mm-hmm. in uh, 2008. Okay. Or oh, 2009, actually. And uh, and then it took me, you know, several years. Uh, you know, this got to be a much better business in 2013, mm-hmm. and then a lot better after that.
0: Fair. So like five years to ramp up essentially. It
1: took me a while. An independent designer was just not a thing mm-hmm. 10 years ago, 15 years ago. There was a designer here in Chicago named Lara Miller. What a terrific designer. Mm-hmm. I mean, she should have been huge. And uh, it just was a time when it was very difficult for an indie designer to really do much. And... Uh, uh, you know if she was around now she'd be a whole <laughs> different story
0: So, is a lot of the are a lot of the people you work with now are a lot of them independent designers are you working with design houses what's kind of a usual kind of um, market that you play to
1: well first of all almost 100 percent of what i do gets manufactured in the united states cool so the people that come to me mm-hmm they're coming to me cuz the companies that I represent they have inventory and they have continuity. So somebody can in theory this and this works out a lot. Buy 5 yards, make a couple of samples, come back and buy 50 yards for a little small production run and then come back if they if they're doing well and, and and buy more of it. Right. Um, stocks not perfect but it, it these companies are all Pretty dedicated to having inventory, certainly on their key items and colors. Makes sense. So uh, that's people buy from me because because of the continuity and 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 so that's that. So customers like indie designers. That's the little dance they need to do. They have to get that five or ten yard cut, make some samples. See, you know, they really you don't. How much do you know until you start to make it up a little
0: bit? Exactly. It's so I watch a, a lot of uh, Project Runway, and they always go to like Mood in New York. And stuff like that. How do you kind of differ for uh, individual designers starting out, coming to you versus like going to Mood? Like, do you have any recommendations on how they should be spending their budgets, what they should be taking into consideration? What are kind of your general thoughts there?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm sure the folks at Mood do great work. Yeah. Um, but it's a retail store. Fair. So they don't have kind of
0: Okay.
1: And, you know, I. I, now, it, I would say like um, seven, eight years ago, even, mm-hmm. uh, a designer could say, you know, there's just not enough selection for me in the in the legitimate wholesale market. I'm going to go over and move. Maybe I can find something, you know, that is not the case anymore. Um, I have 12 lines, half of them are just powerhouses on their own. Awesome. and. Um, uh, they're really, really good companies where, uh, uh knowledgeable people running them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so some of them occasionally <laughs> sell to mood. Okay. So I'm not sure why you'd want to buy it from them, but, um, <laughs> they're better at the show business part of it than I am. Fair. And um, I actually think that uh, while Project Runway has been entertaining, and a couple of people I I know have been on the show, so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that the way they represent design work is not good. Fair. You know, being a designer is ninety percent perspiration and ten percent inspiration, mm-hmm. and they try to make it like it's the other way around, and that's just not the case. Yeah it's it is a lot of hard work
0: yeah I, I pretty much see like every episode and i feel like people just go and they're like i'm gonna have this like crazy idea and then hope that someone likes it of <laughs> always understanding their market and selling to that specific market
1: right and, and you know what, what they're doing they not unlike what i'm doing right. and they're just trying to find a way to make a buck and uh so, Project Runway, I would imagine, is a very successful show, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what it is. It's a show, right? And which is good, but it's a show. And um, you know, I I admire the people who are able to execute designs in that manner, and I do think that that tells you something. But as far as how that would work commercially, mm-hmm. um. I don't. I don't know. Some of the people that I've met who have been on Project Runway are really, really talented, really, really good designers.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: So I. I don't think you know. I, I don't think there's anything fake about it, or that the people's talents aren't truly. Really, but going over to Mood Fabrics and buying fabric, <laughs> uh, I, I would say not. <laughs> and buying it off a bolt where they fold it in half and pass yeah. it, you know, so there's a nice crease in the middle of it. Eh, come
0: on <laughs> nope so walk us through what kind of the process is when someone walks in your front door and says hi i'm here to buy fabrics what's kind of your flow so kind I, of the expectations yeah right
1: i only work by appointment so you're okay. looking at you know this is this is my office right it, it, all the walls look the same there's fabric hanging all over the place and mm-hmm. actually right now a bunch of it's packed up because I was in Minnesota and I hadn't unpacked everything. Right. <laughs> but um, I, what, uh, so people make an appointment with me. Okay. Them. They come out to my Oak Park home office showroom. And, you know, generally, if I haven't met them before, it's, you know, how do you envision what you need? And, right. You know, what, what do you think your products gonna look like? And, um, you know, that, that tells me something about what kind of samples they want to get, and and, and, and then what they what we try to do mm-hmm. is to, um, I think the right move next is to get color cards. Okay, cool. And that that are directed toward what you want to do. So I mean, this is what it might look like. This and it shows you know more colors under here, and that would be, um, you know, let's say you wanted to do hoodies. Well, you're looking at fleece and French Terry, mm-hmm. and um, do have one very good business that they make hoodies out of a, a much lighter weight fabric very successful um and then what does sustainability mean to you is that is that something that so that's an interesting point and i'm just going to stop there for a second i would say three or four years ago mm-hmm. sustainability sustainable fabrics was 10 percent of my business okay about 65 percent now
0: wow that's pretty jump yeah
1: yeah, I, I I don't think I'm wrong about that. You know, now you could you could kind of uh, um, some fabrics like this one here. It has some recycled fibers and some conventional fibers in it. I certainly would consider it uh, to be sustainable because it's still uh, a re it's taking some some product out of the landfill and, and using it,
0: which okay. is, you know yeah. what you
1: try to do. Um, but uh, um, athleisure in recycled polyester is uh, is a big deal and the, and one of the companies i represent Kendor Textiles has a, a large selection and a terrific fabric that's resp- ethically made mm-hmm. and um, you just try to find out what a person's doing what they want to look at and just try to direct them a little bit you know to go through the racks or sometimes i'll pull things off and say would this work for you is this what you're looking for so it's you know it, so, I like to see somebody get a lot of samples, you know? Okay. And, mm-hmm. and, and then, from there, kind of, okay, now I'm gonna sample these two or three items for this pant I'm gonna make. And uh, uh, then, then, hopefully, they make samples, they come up with one that looks like they want it to look like, and right. it performs the way they want it to perform.
0: And then, so, what's kind of the, the time frame around that? Uh, so, someone walks in, they have their plan together, they have expectations set, they have their budget, they come in, they get some samples. What's next? They're, are you ordering a few more pieces for them? Okay. Are putting in a full so load order? that yeah.
1: process, let's look at the timeline a little. Okay. So that process mm-hmm. is um, somebody walks in the door, the order color card, say the order color card's from three companies. Okay. Say they're doing nits and th- I, they get samples from three of the companies I represent. Two
0: right.
1: are in Vancouver. So that, they will have to pay for the transport because the Canadian companies will no longer put things in the mail, okay? Because the mail's not very reliable, especially <laughs> international. It takes a long time, so they'll only send it UPS or FedEx, and and you have to pay for that, right? Um, but the card, the card's are free. But uh, and so that say it takes a week for you to get those color cards. Okay. The guys in New York, they'll put them in the mail the next day. You'll have them in three four days. Um, so I would say within a week to ten days, you should have all your sample possibilities in front of you Mm -hmm. and then you've got to find a way to you know this is this appeals to me right i like this let's let's get six yards of this i want to make a couple of samples and so so a a, a peculiarity or not a peculiarity but one of the focuses of my business is to make uh is to work with companies that will sell sampleable amounts
0: okay so they'll sell
1: you five or ten or 15 yards Opposed to, yards, they, so A lot of uh, uh, vendors will say, oh, you have to buy, you have to buy the whole roll. I'm yeah. not going to cut into a roll. Okay. So that might be 50 to 100 yards mm-hmm. of a roll. But um, all the companies I work with have come to their senses and <laughs> know that there's a very good business out there with indie designers if you can uh, accommodate a couple of things that they need. Awesome. And uh, Sample Yard is one of those things. So that could take another, say, week, 10 days if it's in stock. Um, And you make samples, two, three weeks, hopefully, maybe faster. It's just how diligent you are. Exactly. And sometimes a lot harder. And and then you have to create some demand. Mm -hmm. So designers today basically work three different ways. They work... By selling wholesale to stores. Okay. They sell direct to the consumers. And some are on in online stores like Spotify and you know right. other other online vehicles. And and so uh, um, a lot of the traditional sell it to retailers does not take place among any designers. It mm. some do, and some are very good at it and successful at it. And um, uh, of course, one of the great things for an independent designer today Mm -hmm. is, you know, Macy's your best friend, because they're trying to sell each customer the middle slice out of a loaf of white bread. Right. (laughs) And they're department stores like in Chicago, Marshall Fields, you know, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, when when a woman, uh, an adult woman wanted to get a really nice dress, she went to Marshall Fields. Yes. Or she went to you know, one of the, She went to a department store, possibly Marshall Fields, would be the most prominent one. Today, that would not be what you'd be doing at Macy's, and I'm not sure what you do there. I hate to just be crappy with them, but <laughs> I go into the store, and it's not appealing, and the product looks looks like Walmart with fancy tags. <laughs> and um, so that's so if you are a designer that does distinctive work and makes a really nice product,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, um, you can do business, either directly or at a source. And some, some, some designers do both.
0: Right. They kind of figure out where their niche is. And so do you work with any of the designers on finding their niche, or is that kind of something you're expecting they have set up before they come meet with you?
1: Well, I think I think fabric can influence a lot of things. Okay. You know, I think that, so somebody might come in with an idea and they're thinking, you know, if I had a cotton jersey,
0: mm-hmm. they
1: don't know that there's a Lyosil jersey. They might not know that there's model jersey. They might not know there's Micro Modal jersey. They might not be aware of these fabrics or the, right. the and the, some of the versions of get better and better as time goes on. Mm-hmm. So there are some fabrics I offer now that they I didn't offer, Few months ago, or in a few, you know, I, mean, I I always have a lot of newness, and and manufacturers they're working hard to uh, get independent designers business, so they try to keep making better product, mm-hmm. and so product development for the for them is a big deal, and that can inspire product development by a designer. It's not that I say, gee, you know, make this with three sleeves. It it's it is just that they see fabric, and it certainly is. Uh, uh, you know, the linchpin of, of design, you know, how do you know what your dress is, go, how it's going to drape unless you have the rayon spandex jersey in your hand that exactly. that you're going to actually make it out of, or you have the modal jersey, or you have the uh, ponte de Roma that you're going to, that you're going to use. So these are all uh, things that I think helps a designer with their, Uh, with their pursuits Mm -hmm. and with their direction doesn't necessarily mean that I'm doing it by some, you know, (laughs) like, you know, grand, grand idea. I mean, I, I I manufacture, I, I, before I did this, I was in the coat business for 30, 35 years and and I was involved in merchandising a lot of lines Mm -hmm. and not, I've been around the creative process, you know, however, um, you know, that's the thing people pay for is your individuality mm-hmm. and your and your take so one of my customers <laughs> i can't mention her name because if i did she'd kill me yeah um <laughs> i i don't know how much garments she knows about mm-hmm. but she has a really good concept of the kind of garment she wants mm-hmm. you know i don't i don't much about the manufacturing and you know how things go together. I don't, I don't necessarily. But she's really good. She has a really good concept, and she has great taste on fabric, and she uses some top flight production, and uh, and her look comes out great. There's no right and wrong way to do these things. Mm-hmm. Each designer uh, has a has, may may have a different process. Right. Some probably the same, but but they may have a different process, and and, and it doesn't mean that one's better than the other.
0: Agreed. And so when you're working with people, how do you kind of help them understand uh, having like, the cheapest product versus a more luxury or more high-end product when they're choosing their fabrics? You were saying about all those different options for a jersey. How are you helping them like comprehend what their costs are going to be, not only for the fabric itself, but just kind of like down the line, that whole production? Like, I mean, I would hate to be in the shoes of, I come on the budget of, I don't even know, Two thousand dollars. I order five yards, and I blow my budget. I blow my minutes, <laughs> like or whatever those numbers are. Yeah.
1: Right. right. So, so here's the 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 easy thing for me mm-hmm. is that I have samples of less expensive product. Right. And and, and okay, so let's. There's something else. Let, let me. I'm not addressing this properly. Yeah. Um, you can buy pretty good. Woven fabrics that are inexpensive, right? So, if you wanted to get a, a cotton poplin mm-hmm. and spend three fifty a yard, you could do that, and and you'll get pretty good product. However, that is not the same thing as knits. Knits is a different world. So, okay. when you, if you buy a four dollar a yard rayon spandex jersey, I absolutely guarantee you're getting a piece of crap. <laughs> it just cheap knits just don't happen, and they're not good. And and I know a couple of people in that business. And there, one guy was a particularly nice guy. Mm-hmm. And and every three or four years, he sends me samples, and I look at. I open the box. And I always go, if I started showing this to people, no one would buy from. <laughs> over, you know? um, so so woven fabrics, you have more leeway and and there's very good product at five dollars a yard in woven okay Japanese made uh, broadcloth and uh, and poplin and Oxford's that are you know in the under six dollars a yard that are beautiful couldn't be better mm-hmm. and uh, chambray that's really a bunch of different kinds of chambray that are really nice that are not too expensive um, but even the most basic, Knit, uh, you, the cheap stuff just doesn't work very well. Fair. So I, you know, I and I definitely will let people know how I feel about that. Um, and uh, you know, I I think that right now, the stuff that's um, not designer level, not thirty forty dollars a yard, mm-hmm. you know, not an expensive silk or anything like that. But I think there's a range of about $8 to $15 a yard mm-hmm. that is a very good range to be in for, for buying. Now, everybody would like to be a little less expensive, but right. you have to, you know, and that work, again, that works with some things. It, 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 it only, it really doesn't work with, doesn't work with silks, cheap silks aren't good, cheap knits aren't good. Um, there are other inexpensive fabrics that translate really well mm-hmm. you know polyester satin of the finest quality is really cheap if you're buying it from the right guys right and and i, and I sell it from the right guys
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um you know uh uh nice polyester chiffon very inexpensive mm-hmm. uh it, it, again if you're buying it from the right people so when i go into a uh, uh, a retail store, and you see polyester satin for ten dollars a yard. You go home, oh, goodness. <laughs> I, I hope nobody's trying to make might make money on that. It's great if you're going home to make your daughter's prom dress. But, you know, I don't think it's I don't think it's going to work out commercially. So again, some things, some things, they're very good quality wovens that are inexpensive, but um, uh, you're finding now. That the market is moving towards more sustainability. Mm-hmm. And the so fibers are coming into existence and have been in existence, and they're 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 doing better and better things with them. Uh Lyosil, which is known as 10 Um beautiful fabrics come out in that all the time. Now there's very nice prints in Tencel. There's a fabric called Eco Vero, or fiber called Eco Vero. Beautiful uh um uh beautiful prints and beautiful fabrics and there's some knits in it that are very very nice and all this stuff is uh very sustainable mm-hmm. so that's terrific um there, there's there is uh, one of the companies I work with does some great work with hemp and organic cotton blends oh cool so that yeah it is it's the stuff's great products terrific and uh um and you know, designers work with it successfully. So, it, there, a, a lot of, uh, you know, what the, the, the right price is, mm-hmm. uh, the most important thing is quality and, and, and what you're giving to your customer. Um, I go to a pretty, ex- a, a really good butcher. And, I go, and on Saturdays, you, you know, there's a line out the door every Saturday. Mm-hmm. For, to go in there, probably pay more than you're gonna pay in the grocery store. Yes. But why do people go in there? It's just terrific. <laughs> you know, the product is just so I haven't offended have the vegetarians, but uh, and 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 I think what as an indie designer, you're not trying to sell ten thousand of an item. Right. Five hundred be nice. Five hundred be great. Three hundred be great. Oh you yeah. You can make money on that stuff.
0: So if uh, an indie designer or so, someone else in the design world wanted to get a hold of you, book an appointment what sort of recommendation do you have for them? What's the best way to get a hold of you?
1: Th- there's a couple of things I do. I'd look at my website, okay. which is thesourcingdistrict.com. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or you can call me,
0: 708
1: 386 8586. You can text me at 708 351 seven two seven eight I actually have two different numbers for text and phone i don't know how i got to how i ended up doing that was a real genius move and uh and you can email me at j my first name jay at the sourcing com, and i'll be responsive to any of those
0: things. awesome and so in do you like to leave our listeners with before we sign off
1: no just you know i think that that um uh, if, if people, when they shop, if they look for, in Chicago, mm-hmm. there's some very good designers. yes And some stores that specialize, a squash squashed, squashed boutique, carries a number of indie designers, um, Union Handmade, uh, Milk, I believe also. All those stores are very nice stores. And you know, uh, I've seen this. I have two daughters and a wife, so I kind of know what happens with clothes, with women's clothes. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, um, they're really nice quality products. They're they're just a much better investment than, unfortunately, what's in department stores and discount stores today. Sure, there's exceptions, but for the most part, the value of what's being offered with domestic production and somebody paying attention to what they're doing Mm -hmm. is uh, superior to
0: you're likely to get other places. Okay, cool. let's wrap that. This episode is sponsored by Why Not Petites. Exclusion is so last season. Why Not Petite is a group of petite models breaking barriers and societal norms in the fashion industry. Their mission is to give petite models of all shapes, sizes, and colors the opportunity to display their talents. They are petite models breaking barriers of style norms in the fashion industry. Through their combined knowledge and experience of the modeling industry, they help guide experienced and beginning petite models towards a confident start in their career. Their work includes opportunities for guest models to participate in professional photo shoots, networking connections with others in the industry, and access to top fashion photographers in the Chicagoland area. They hope to be a home base for models who are driving positive change for petites in the industry. I was actually ecstatic to partner with them for my fashion show in July of 2022. Multiple miles from the Why Not Petites community walked in our runway show and left the audience in awe with their incredible grace and energy. Definitely check them out at whynotpetites.com or hop on over to their Instagram and search up Why Not Petites. Tell them the 6'5 lanky podcast dude sent you. Wink. If you haven't already, Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food. <laughs>